Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 249. I'm your host, Alejandro Oveda. You have now pushed play to another blazing week, and I got to tell you what an amazing week we've been having. You know, we're just coming off of Thanksgiving, still having some turkey hangover. Uh, just enjoying the time that we have, you know, with my family. Uh, it was a great, great time. I just hope you guys also had a great Thanksgiving, and I just hope that you guys, you know, keep keep giving thanks for what you got. Uh, keep giving thanks for everything that is uh, there for you and the people that are there for you in those relationships. Uh, you know, th these are the things that we need to be thankful these days. Not the presents, not the Black Friday, not football. Uh, we need to be uh, more invested in our relationships and the people that are there for us. So this week, I want to just tell you guys thank you for all you have been doing this past couple of weeks. I mean, the numbers for the podcast have been rising and I just want to say we're almost to our, our goal for the year. So I just want to continue just to let you guys know. You can find this podcast every Thursday. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, uh, basically everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, you can get a hold of me on all Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, anywhere social media is. Uh, I'm probably there. Uh, just make sure you guys are sharing the podcast, let people know, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, this is going to be another year in the books and we're continuing to work hard, continuing to strive for greatness and things are looking up for the podcast. So I just want to continue just to give you guys some more content, just give you guys some more, you know, a little bit of positivity throughout the week, just to give you guys something to motivate yourselves to get where you guys need to be. Um, things have been looking up for me this week as, you know, I did start my physical therapy on my right knee. Uh, I do have some micro tears in there and this week I'm sore than a mother. Uh, I didn't know, you know, I, I was that, that bad. Um, but you know, without any, without pain, there's no gain. I, I feel like, so I'm, I've been inching my way trying to, you know, walk, <laughs> walk everywhere, but things have been, you know, on the sore side for me. So I'm getting, I'm getting back into it. Um, you know, the, 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 my physical therapist, uh, started saying I can start, uh, doing squats now. So things are looking up for me. I'm, I'm hoping to make a, a big, big leap in progress in the next couple months. Um, it has been a little shaky, you know, just trying to get my ankle rehabilitated and also my knee, um, trying to get back to at least 100%, 80%, something where I, I know I could get back out there and start playing ba basketball again. That's something I have been missing like no other. I mean, especially during like the winter time, like right now, this is like my favorite time to go play. You know, basketball's on, uh, NCAA's on, um, and people just have that motivation when the weather is beautiful like it has been. Um, the only, the only reason why I don't think the, the weather hasn't been as good is because once it gets dark, it is super, super cold. I mean, you better be bundled up ready for that, that, that crisp chill because once that sun goes down, it, it's, it's pretty cold. Uh, but you know, we've been keeping bundled, been trying to keep it nice and warm, but still uh, Fresno is that one, one place where it's either hot or it's really, really cold. Uh, but you still got to love this spot. You know, we still got a lot of things here going for ourselves. Uh, you know, and this week, me and my wife, we ended up uh, just enjoying ourselves, uh, taking a little trip out of town, 
just to go try some new pizza. Uh, and it's weird just to say just to go try some new pizza, but we ended up going to a spot we've been looking at in L.A. for a, a while now. It's called Burtino's. And if you if you haven't heard of Burtino's, make sure you guys check it out when you guys go out to L.A. It's in the Torrance area. Uh, and, you know, Torrance isn't really known for much, but this place for pizza was immaculate. I mean, 120 pepperonis, um, and it was made with this, like, garlic black sauce that I, you know, we ended up having to buy the little shaker that, that, that goes with it, but... This pizza was probably one of the best pizzas I've ever had. Um, like I said, if you guys are in that Torrance area or even Long Beach or San Pedro, whatever that area is right there, um, check out this spot. I mean, the pizza was fairly priced. I mean, it was only like 22 bucks, but the pizza was humongous. The, the pieces were just as big as my hands. Uh, it reminded me of like a New York style pizza because the crust was real, like the crust was crunchy, but the but <clears throat> but the dough was really it had some durability, so you could fold it, you could you could stuff it in your mouth. I, I love this pizza. Uh, it was definitely worth the trip. Um, we also got the calzone, which I I like the calzone, but I, I wish I would have got you know got it uh, another pizza because. To me, pizza is one of my favorite foods. It go if I would have to put my favorite foods in order, it's it's super hard, you know. But because like I, I like I love burritos, but I would definitely I think I would I would put pizza at number one, and then burritos, tacos slash tacos number two, and then I would have to go with you know American food. I don't know burgers and stuff like that. I mean. That, that's hands down everybody's favorites. I mean, pizza, burritos, and burgers, that, that's everybody's favorite. So those are definitely my top three. Uh, but when it comes to pizza, you know, I, I'm like, it's, it's like cheeseburgers. It's, it's like you go to those little, you know, cheeseburger spots and, and you find those bomb cheeseburgers. It's Pizza is the same thing. Like if I find something that's on the next level, um, I, I definitely have to try it. And if I were, ha if I would have to say, like, what is it compared to, like, on the Fresno scale of pizza, I would have to say it would be like a cross, and I'm not saying right on, a cross between uh, me and Ed's and uh, Popolo's pizza. It, it was like a, a great balance in between there, and the, to me, it's just the garlic, the black garlic sauce was just, I never heard of that before. So I definitely wanted to try it. We ended up going out there, trying it. It was one of the best experiences I had. I mean, although you kind of get kind of, you know, with the service, you know, the thing with the services, I'm not going to hold that against the taste or, or, or the pleasure of the pizza. But, you know, I think pizza is one of those staples where anywhere you go, any. You can go to L.A., you can go to San Francisco, you can go San Jose. Um, you can definitely find great pizza. And that's what I like to do most of the time when we go out of, out of town. Either pizza or Mexican food or we go try, you know, a, a burger spot. That's literally what we like to eat when we go out of town. And when, once I saw this pizza online, I, I, I showed my wife and uh, definitely she, she agreed that it, it was probably one of the best uh, we've ever tried. 
So if you guys are in that Torrance, you know, LA area, make sure you guys go try that out. Bertino's, um, I think they have actually two locations. Uh, they have one in, I think it's Torrance or right out of Torrance. I think it's San Pedro. And then they also have one in Carson City. Um, so definitely worth a shot if you're out there in LA. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, Bertino's Pizza. But we also had my sister here and uh, her, her son, or my nephew, uh, who's actually, you know, he's going to be a, a freshman next year. So he's been playing a lot of basketball. Um, and he, he ended up getting the, to train with uh, J-Lab Basketball uh, Clinic. And it, it was great to see him out there playing basketball and seeing, you know, uh, J-Lab doing his thing. Uh, one thing for sure is it made me even miss basketball even more. Now that I saw my nephew out there playing his heart out, I mean, I wish I, I at, my, at that age, at, you know, 15, 14, 15, I had a personal trainer like that to be able to, you know, put some shots up. And especially over the, the holiday scene, him putting that hard work in, it motivated me too to get off my butt, uh, to get my workout in as well. You know, after Thanksgiving, I I, I never knew I had it in me to, to go ahead and get my work out in and then uh, continue just um, staying in that in that mind frame of you know I need to put that work in and you know it's it's crazy that a, a, a younger kid like uh, my nephew would would motivate me to uh, to want to put that extra work in you know it's it's crazy uh, to see that you know the times are changing and, and time is moving like super fast right now we're already done with Thanksgiving we're on our way to Christmas uh, the time is not, we're not going to get that back. So you got to put that work in. That's what he, he, he reminded me, my sister, my, my brother-in-law, you know, try to push him into, uh, uh, the direction of, 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 of putting in that extra work. So it was great to see. Uh, it, I, I just wish I had that drive, you know, when I was younger, like him, um, wanting something bigger than, than anything before, anything you can even imagine, you know? Uh, being a basketball player is definitely a hard thing, and staying active is also uh, even harder. So I just wanted to, you know, give him the grace this week because he has motivated me this week to to really push myself. So uh, this week, let's get the the podcast started. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get it going. And this week, I was able to watch a lot of different movies, but you know, right around Thanksgiving time, uh, me and my wife like to watch, you know, a lot of Christmas movies. And uh, this week we found a new Christmas movie. It's called, well, it's not new. It's it's from 2022, but it's new to us. It's called Who Killed Santa? A Murderville Murder Mystery. And this is a great freaking movie. It's a comedy. And it reminds me of like a brown bag movie where they put two actors, uh, don't know the script, don't know anything about uh, what what's going on. And they put them into the scenario, into a scenario, and they have to try to act their way throughout the whole movie. So it just it, it features um, Jason Bateman and uh, Maya Rudolph as uh, they play two detectives that try to uh, crack a crucial case of who murdered Santa. Uh, and this movie, I mean, it goes in circles sometimes, but. Definitely one of my uh, new favorite 
and Disney movies as Jason Bateman to me is one of my favorite, you know, actors is he's uh, known for Ozarks, uh, as he's known for a lot of different, uh, you know, he's able to play different roles, um, but they, they don't have any idea what, what, what this case is about. And as they, as they, <laughs> as they go into the details, you know, that's when the true uh, genius of this movie is, uh, released. And you, I just say, take, take a chance to watch it, you know, and I, I, I would consider this like a, like a comedy thriller in a way, because, uh, throughout the movie, you know, they, they find, uh, new characters that they have to kind of who they have to investigate to try to find who killed Santa. Um, to me, from the beginning, I didn't exactly know what I was getting myself into, you know. Uh, but once we got to the end, uh, definitely something that I was, I, I was so glad that we ended up watching this. It was, uh, it, it was just great improv, improv as, you know, um, in high school, I did a lot of, uh, you know, just drama when we, when you're in, in high school, did a lot of improv and, uh, just seeing, um, some, some great actors, uh, get into these roles. That's what, that was great to see. Um, but if you're looking for something great, like I said, it was released in December 15th, 2022, and it was, uh, directed by Laura Murphy. Um, you can find this on Netflix, and I definitely suggest you guys take a look. It's one of my favorite now Disney movies, and I'll probably end up watching it every year. Uh, so make sure you check check out Who Killed Santa, a Murderville murder mystery right now. And this week, I was able to listen to a lot of different music, uh, but the music I was listening to the most was really like R&B uh, most of the week. Uh, you know, there's so many other releases that has happened uh, since last week, and I just haven't been uh, on that verge of, of getting to it. Uh, this week, I will definitely get into some of those those uh, albums, but this week, it, I was really on, like, just a chill tip, so I really wanted to get into that uh, new Chris Brown 1111, which is his 11th studio album, and if... I, I think everybody knows who, who Chris Brown is, so I'm not going to really go back into his history, but uh, this was actually released on on uh, 11 11. And to me, one of my favorite artists of all time right now, even in the RB um, genre, uh, Chris Brown has always reemerged to, to me as um, somebody that could uh, just go with the time, you know? He, he reminds me a lot like Michael Jackson. Um, with a little bit of 90s flair, you know what I mean? Uh, but just as the way that he's able to perform and, and, and to just captivate people's imagination with his performances, I think that's what uh, I like most about Chris Brown. And, you know, to me, he's not my all-time favorite R&B artist, but I, I wouldn't even consider him R&B. I would consider him pop just because, you know, He's, he's, everybody knows this guy. Everybody knows he's a dancer. He's a performer, great singer. Um, but I think when it comes to his albums, people don't really, uh, understand his work. You know, people look, go on to his, uh, albums and see that he, you know, he, dro he drops 22, uh, songs at a time. It's tough to listen to throughout, but at the end of the day, the body of work always, you know, it comes out and, and it just shows that he is one of the best to really ever do this music stuff. Um, to me, I just think 
the album has like this Caribbean vibe to it that everybody's going for. And, you know, Chris Brown is able to do different styles. He's able to do uh, different dance moves. You know, he's able to change up his his style. Uh, and that's another reason why I like Chris Brown. And that's another reason why I like this album is because throughout the album, uh, it is a long, it, it is a long album. Like I said, I think it, it is, uh, 22 songs long. It's about an hour worth of listening, but throughout the album, you can hear, uh, the way that he switch ups his beats, the way that the, the flow of the album really, uh, takes you on a journey. And I, I felt like that whole, uh, 22 songs, it, you know, you can listen to half, uh, at one time and then listen to the other half a, a second time and definitely still get um, the same feeling from uh, the first half and the second half. I, I enjoyed this album. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's on all streaming services right now. And to me, Chris Brown, if he goes on tour with this album, it, it, it'll definitely hit. And I think people will start gravitating to it. So if you are guys are looking for... Uh, a great album. Make sure you check out Chris Brown's 1111 album. Uh, my favorite songs off the album are Summer Too Hot, Sensational, and Nightmare. So if you're looking for great songs this week, make sure you check it out. Let me know what you guys are listening to this week as I'm always looking for recommendations for music. So uh, make sure you guys uh, check out Chris Brown's 1111 now. Now let's talk about the controversial Parents Matter Act which passed in Fresno County Board of Supervisors um, as there has been some major reactions as this controversial act passed uh, on Tuesday morning. You know, this measure uh, says it creates a panel of parents and guardians to review all current and future children's books to be placed in county's libraries. You know, one thing for me is I used to love reading books um, as a child and, you know, some of the books that I read now these days, people are having problems with, um, and this is going to be a reaction thing where people are, uh, you know, from older generations will be able to pick and choose what the next generation kids will be able to read. Um, it, it's been a while since I've been to a library at that, you know, it, it it's, but, I can understand why they're going to do this because it is a government-run kind of thing. Uh, But, you know, libraries should be there for knowledge and and things that, you know, um, it should be there for everyone. Not only uh, adult, it should be there for kids as well. But the board passed this act 3-2 to on Tuesday morning, which introduced uh, the supervisor, Steve Brandon, to uh, the title deemed, you know, what books are going to be inappropriate out of uh, the children's section at the county libraries. Um, He said no books will be removed from the library. But the biggest point is that, you know, parents don't want their tiny children to be targeted um, of sexually motivated books, I guess. You know, uh, when it comes to uh, g- gender, when it comes to sex, when it comes to um, things that you kind of want to teach your kids yourself, I guess. Um, but 
you don't want like four year olds reading like books that are kind of misleading, I would say. Um, but I think at the same time, it's going to affect other kids, you know, um, when it comes to the next step of kids. So it's like you got the, you got the children, but then you got the preteens and then you got the young adults. So I think once you start one, you're going to probably start other for other, you know, um, age groups. Uh, but they, you know, they're saying that this measure, uh, will help the community, uh, but each supervisor will have to appoint two, and the a county administrative officer will appoint one uh, member. So there will be a process to appeal some of these decisions, and it will be required for any books uh, moved by the committee to a list that is publicly posted in libraries, along with how to access and check out the books. So this is going to be a crazy thing. I haven't read very much into it. Just hearing the fact that they're going to have a panel that will choose which books, you know, these kids will be able to read in county libraries. You know, um, I think there are some people that are trying to uh, go against the act as well as uh, people have been saying, you know, uh, you know, you would really have to research you would really have to have a, a certain response to these books. Um, and I, I just don't know how the procedures will go um, and how the censorship will go. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if there's potential harm for these kids, um, especially at a young age to learn about stuff they maybe should learn from home, uh, maybe, you know, it is a great idea, but at the same time, you know, they're going to lose a whole lot of readers, I think, and, and people that are going to the library if people are trying to uh, ban books that maybe their parents read or their grandparents read, you know? It's just, it, it's just a matter of time that they're going to do it for all books in the county, uh, and that's what scares me, you know? Um, but I think uh, this Parents Matters Act really... Uh, allows for a more widespread solution really to address the controversial material, you know, um, and, and getting it reviewed is not a bad thing. Um, and keeping parents kind of alert of what the books are, you know, considered, uh, bad or, or bad or whatever you might may see. Um, uh, but I don't think this fight is over. I think, you know, this is going to be something, that uh, they're gonna have a, a, a long discussion about it. I don't know how long you know uh, they're, they're they're talking. It's gonna be implemented. I don't know if it's implemented now, or if it's gonna be implemented by the end of the year. Um, so there's a lot more to be discussed. There's still a lot more up in the air about this controversial Parents Matters Act. Uh, but definitely gonna read more into it, um, and definitely you know try to understand why people would want to do this. Um, but I think there's there's a lot more uh, people that are going to speak out about uh, going against this act as, you know, it is really controversial as, you know, I think literature is one of those things is like freedom of um, speech, freedom of expression. You know, it's it's almost like they're taking a right from you. Uh, but either way, 
you know, it's happening and uh, they, they, they voted on it, like I said, and it, so it's, it's, it's happening. So uh, I just want to see what, what the backlash is going to be and what other people think about it. So let me know what you guys think. And I just want to tell you about the annual Christmas parade uh, that's going to be December 2nd, 2023. And this year's theme for the, the Christmas parade will be Winter Wonderland. It will be on Fulton Street. And it's going to be a great festive parade that you don't want to miss. Uh, they'll have performances. They'll have a procession of lights, music, and definitely a bunch of holiday cheer. So make sure you guys go check out the annual Christmas parade. It's going to be on Fulton Street on December 2nd, 2023, and it's going to be a blast. Now let's talk about our Central Section High School Football Championship brackets. As they finish off last week, uh, championship weekend, um, let's talk about our Division Four uh, teams as Torres ended up beating uh, Dos Palos 69-14. So that we had number five Torres versus number two Dos Palos. And Torres ends up getting uh, the championship win uh, to go ahead and go along. I think they'll be in uh, you know state uh, brackets now. Uh, but then in Division Three, we had number five Kerman versus number three Mission Oak, and uh, Mission Oak ended up beating Kerman thirty-four to fourteen. So Mission Oak is the Division Three champion of uh, the Central Section. And then in Division Two, we had Central Valley Christian, the number one team, versus the number two team Lamore, and Central Valley Christian just got by, uh, beating them. 27 to 26. So Central Valley Christian is the champion of the Division Two uh, bracket, and then in the Division One, we had Clovis North versus Central. In a, in, I think this was a great matchup. Uh, but Clovis North, the number one team, ended up beating Central number seven team, 24 to 14, and Clovis North is now the Central Section champion. So that concludes Friday Night Lights, um, and all these teams will be having the chance into the state bracket. So hopefully we give uh, good luck to each central section team uh, going into the state bracket as, you know, it's going to be a big, big uh, way to, 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 to win state. But still, we got some great talent here in the Fresno area, in the Fresno, Fresno County, and all along Central Valley. So make sure you guys tune into the Blaze Podcast for more as we talk Central Section football every season. So this was a great season for high school football as we conclude this week. Let's talk about our Fresno State Bulldogs as they finish the season off 8-4 and 4-4 and, uh, four and four in the Mountain West. Uh, what a great start for the for the Bulldogs as I thought they were going to be, uh, you know, probably the Mountain West champions as I think everybody thought as well as they played some great football in the beginning of the season. Uh, then they started to slow down, you know, uh, once they went, went to the Mountain West. Uh, and that just shows you that the Mountain West is a tough, tough division. It's a great conference. Um, there's a, a lot of great football that is played in the Mountain West, and we, we just don't get enough credit uh, for being in the Mountain West and that being a big top-notch you know, conference. But last week, we ended up losing to San Diego State 33-18 to in a terrible loss. 
you know, uh, our, our just all around, we just couldn't get it going for, for ourselves. Um, our running game was on, but we, we, we couldn't really get the, the, the passing down as, uh, Mikey Keene ended up throwing 21 for 36 for 190 yards, no touchdowns and one interception. Uh, but Malik Sherrod, uh, was our star of the game as he had 15 carries for 138 yards and two touchdowns. I think he even had 100 yards even before the second half. So Malik Sherrod ended up playing his butt off this game. And then we had, uh, for our receiving side, was Eric Brooks, um, our 5'7 receiver. Um, he ended up getting five receptions for 53 yards. Uh, but it, it was just a terrible loss, you know, as uh, we continued to to fail um, at all things, trying to keep uh, stop their run, we couldn't really stop um, the, you know their quarterback from doing what, what whatever he likes to do. Um, he threw, I think, I think he threw uh, for 189 yards and one touchdown, but it's just the running part of it. it, it it's it's he had a, I think close to 100 yards rushing, and he also had a, a, a rushing touchdown. So. It was just a, a a bad game for our defense trying to stop you know the the San Diego State basically quarterback who who basically did it all by himself. But you know we we had a tough season. Uh, we still got to continue to grow, continue to build upon this. Uh, there's a lot of things to learn for next season. I just hope that you know we continue to uh, get some great players. Continue to maybe even get local players here in the Valley. Um, it's just great to see the Fresno State team, you know, playing at a high level. But we just couldn't get it there this year. Even though, um, you know, we are 8-4, and four, we're bowl eligible. So we will be seeing uh, what bowl, bowl game we will be eligible for. We'll be talking that uh, more about Fresno State football in the next coming weeks. But I just want to let you guys know, uh, this is a great football team. And I love the Fresno State football team and this is probably one thing I'm most passionate about is Fresno State football. So make sure you guys tune in every week as we will continue to to, to touch bases on the Fresno State football uh throughout the year. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast. Now let's talk about our Fresno State men's basketball team as they have a three and three record this week. Um they ended up losing to UC Santa Barbara on I think it was Monday um, they ended up losing 69 to 65, uh, but our Bulldogs were led by Isaiah Hill, uh, who scored 19 points, three rebounds, and dished out eight assists. Um, and this week, the Dogs will be on the road uh, to take on BYU, um, and then they'll be back home over the week on December 5th, that will be Tuesday, to take on Idaho State. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Fresno State men's basketball team. Now let's talk about our Fresno State women's basketball team who has a record of 5-3 and three this week. And last week they were at the GCU Women's Basketball Classic, which they ended up going 1-1. One and one. Uh, They lost their first game to GCU uh, 36-55, to 55, but the dogs were led by Kylie Fox, who ended up scoring eight points, grabbing three rebounds, and getting two assists. And then with their win, 
versus Eastern Illinois University. Uh, they beat them 70-60. to 60, And the Dogs were led this game by Keeley Brown, who ended up scoring 19 points and 4 rebounds. And then the Dogs ended up taking on Portland State over the week on Wednesday, November 29th. And they ended up losing 61-72. to 72. But the Dogs were led this game by Kylie Fox, who ended up scoring 19 points and dishing out two assists. And the Dogs will be back in action this weekend at home versus UC San Diego. And then they'll also have another home game on Wednesday, December 6th versus Cal State Fullerton. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Fresno State women's basketball team. And now I'd like to congratulate uh, the women's volleyball team for Fresno State as they're the first in program history that Fresno State actually won a volleyball uh, Mountain West title and they defeated Colorado State in a reverse sweep at Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas. Um, This was a big win as now they earn an automatic bid to the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament, which will begin today. This will be Fresno State's fifth appearance in the national tournament and the first time since 2002. So I'd like to just say congratulations to the Fresno State volleyball team as they did this huge, huge uh, achievement. You know, and since joining the Mountain West in 2012, the Bulldogs have never earned a conference title. Um, The Bulldogs are now dancing for only the fifth time in program history and the first time since 2002. The Bulldogs lost three straight matches to end the season, two of which were against Utah State and Boise State. And the 2023 Division I Women's Volleyball Selection Show uh, was on Sunday. So now uh, they they will be playing against, I think it's going to be uh, Stanford. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on all Fresno State uh, sports. Now let's talk about the NFL. And first, I would like to talk about the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Deron Bland, who has written his name into the NFL record books in just 11 games as this impressive record is now part of the Cowboys' history. Um, He now holds um, the pick six record, which he now is in NFL history um, and and now has jumped into uh, a new stardom as he is now uh, have five interceptions, um, which he took back uh, for touchdowns. So this is a big thing, as you know, uh, Bland is an ex-Bulldog, uh, so I want to make sure that we give him a big shout-out on the podcast this week. As you know, he's been showing off this year um, for the Fresno State name and also uh, just the Central Valley at that. You know, uh, Deron Bland, uh, hope, hopefully he's going to get even more pick sixes, so make sure you guys check him out as he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. But now let's talk about the NFL power rankings. As this week, we got Dallas Cowboys at number five. As Dak Prescott has been on a six-game streak right now, averaging 312 passing yards per game with an 18-2 to TD in, in, uh, interception ratio. And I, I don't think he has had a, a, a better three games in his whole career. Uh, but this 
Cowboys team is looking pretty impressive, and I'm just I'm just not sure if they're gonna uh, you know come off this high horse anytime soon. But ever since they lost you know to San Francisco in Week Five, you know uh, I feel like the Cowboys have been really dialing it in. You know he's been at least Dak has been at least. You know, he should be at least considered an MVP at this point right now as the Cowboys have been having this great stretch of the season. Um, and I think it's, you know, because of uh, the defense that they still, you know, hold highly in the in the NFL right now. Uh, but I just want to make sure uh, that they hopefully get to the point where they can uh, maybe – contend for that NFC, you know, East Championship. I don't know if it will be this season, but I think they're on their way uh, as uh, they're looking pretty well off right now at 8-3 and three for the season. So I got at number five this week, Dallas Cowboys. And at number four, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 8-3 and three as well. But the, the offense, you know, has been getting back into rhythm. As uh, they had a you know a fourteen zero that the Raiders had a fourteen zero uh, lead in the in the first part of the game on Sunday, um, and then they ended up scoring four touchdowns, a five drive span to build a two score lead, uh, using three minutes of the clock late in the field goal, which helped win uh, the game. You know they ended up winning thirty one to seventeen, but the Chiefs they got a big big. Uh, break from uh, Rasheed Rice, uh, their rookie receiver, who's gotten a lot of looks this past week. Um, and it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, you know, who's going to be the, the guy that, that takes them where they need to be. As, uh, you know, he's been throwing the ball pretty well. I think he hasn't committed a, 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 a turnover or a sack um, in at least a game or two, but defensively, I think Kansas City, uh, you know, they, they, it takes them time to really start up. So in the beginning of this game, you know, they, they went down 14-0 uh, versus the Raiders, but then they came back um, to really make the extra effort. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but they ended up bouncing back um, against the Raiders and they ended up winning. Uh, but at number three this week, we got the San Francisco 49ers, who are 8-3. and three, And they're still dominating the NFC West. Uh, they have 10 straight games winning. And the next thing I think is they're going to go for that number one spot uh, for uh, the NFC as they will be playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week. But San Francisco has a lot of work to catch up to Philly, I believe, you know. Um, just all around defense and offense. Um, it's going to be a, a great game in this one. But I think, you know, just the reemergence of Brock Purdy, um, you know, earlier this season, people were still talking, you know, he might not be the guy that the Niners 
a need to take him to the promised land. But these last couple of weeks, we, we, we've been seeing that he's been able to rediscover himself. And also kind of the run game uh, the Niners have been able to rediscover as uh, now they're trying to catch this Philadelphia team as this weekend is going to be a big, big game. But I'm just not sure if the Niners are really, are, are, are really going to take it to them. Uh, but it will be a great game. So uh, I got the... San Francisco 49ers at number three this week. And at number two, we got the Baltimore Ravens, which I could have put at number one, but, you know, one or two, they're, they're right there uh, with the 9-3 record. Uh, the Ravens, you know, have been great this past season. Uh, they hit by in the AFC, and I think other teams have, you know, really lost the their step in that, in that AFC um, division, but... Baltimore right now has a nasty habit of, you know, just leaving that door wide open late in the game, um, and especially against inferior teams. I think that's something that it worries me with this Ravens team, but, you know, signed on Sunday, they ended up winning against uh, the Chargers, and they ended up really still in the game. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's about how you, how you finish. So, um, Perhaps, you know, it won't be a problem in the next couple of weeks, but currently uh, I think that that's an issue that I have with the Ravens, that they, they, they let these bad teams um, still be in the game. Uh, but I feel like in the AFC, they're definitely the top team in the AFC right now, and I think they have that Super Bowl, uh, you know, game right right in their in their crosshairs. So I think uh, the Baltimore Ravens at 9-3 are definitely at that number two spot. And then, of course, at number one, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a 10-1 record. And I just feel like the Eagles have been just outplaying um, most of their opponents. Uh, you know, last week, they delivered two or more uh, non-conference victories as uh, they ended up with Jalen Green leading uh, with as many second-half TD drives as Philadelphia needed to win, you know, on Monday, uh, the Eagles were down, I think 10 points, uh, in the third quarter. Uh, but then they ended up winning for, uh, to, to make it, you know, their 10th win of the season. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, the Eagles haven't lost another game like to the Cowboys or to another great team. Uh, and it, it might be this weekend, against the 49ers that they might have, um, you know, their, 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 their work cut out for them. So it's going to be a great game this weekend uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers. But this week I do got the Philadelphia Eagles at number one with the 10-1 uh, record. And now let's talk about uh, this week's NFL matchups. As today we start off with the Seahawks versus the Cowboys, uh, which will be a great game. Uh, but then on Sunday, we got the Colts versus the Titans, Falcons versus the Jets, Lions versus the Saints, Broncos versus the Texans, Chargers versus the Patriots, Cardinals versus Steelers, Dolphins versus Commanders, Panthers versus Buccaneers, 49ers versus Eagles, Browns versus Rams, Chiefs versus Packers, and Bengals versus Jaguars. And for sure, I got the 49ers versus Eagles as the game of the week. So make sure you guys tune in next week. As we talk power rankings and more NFL. Now let's talk about the NBA. And I just want to talk about the in-season tournament right now as knockout rounds 
and uh, matchups have been scheduled. So group play is now complete, and only eight teams remain as the NBA in-season tournament moves into that single elimination knockout rounds. So the group play stage of in-season tournament is now complete. So now it's time to, to see what the knockout teams and what kind of bra- what, what what the bracket will look like. Um, so right now, uh, in the West, we have the number one team, the Lakers, and they'll be facing off against the number four team, uh, Phoenix Suns. And then we have the number two team, the Sacramento Kings, facing off against the New Orleans Pelicans. And on uh, the east side for the quarterfinals, we have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the New York Knicks. And the Milwaukee Bucks got the number one seed, and the Knicks are the number four seed. And then we got the number two seed Pacers versus the number three seed Celtics. So then they'll be they'll be playing off um, on December fourth and December fifth, and then on December seventh they'll be having the semifinals. So the winners out of that will advance to the semifinals, uh, which will take place on December 7th. And then uh, the winners out of the semifinals will go into the championship in Las Vegas uh, on December 9th. And this is going to be the play-in tournament, which right now is going to be, it has been great this past week as, you know, teams were trying to get the wins that they needed. Uh, you saw some high, high, high caliber basketball playing right now. And you don't really see this type of basketball played right in November and going into December. Um, but these teams, uh, like the Celtics, uh, they needed a huge result in the final night of the group play, which they got. Uh, they crushed the Bulls by 31 points to squeeze past both the Magic and the Nets on just a point differential. Uh, the Pacers, who lost to Boston by 51 on November 1st, had no stress cruising by. Um, they, they're they one of four unbeaten teams in group play. Um, the Bucks, they survived a tough challenge versus the Miami Heat, um, which they ended up knocking them out late in um, the final minutes. I think it was like three minutes and three seconds. Um, but the Knicks... Left no doubt about the East uh, as they ended up being the Eastern uh, wild card uh, after dominating the Hornets by 24 points to surpass three other 3-1 and one finishers just on the point differential. Um, and just like the Pacers, the Lakers didn't have to sweat as they dominated you know group play 4-0 with the best overall point differential. Um, so... Their reward will they'll be facing against the wild card, the Suns, uh, which has seven games straight despite juggling injuries of their stars Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Bill. Uh, the Kings had a seemingly easy assignment. Uh, they lost at home to the Warriors uh, by more than 12 points, but they didn't get the memo by falling behind 24 uh, before clawing back to to win by one. Um, and then the Pelicans also, they had a, a crazy night versus the Rockets as they battled. Um, and the Mavericks went down uh, to the wire and they ended up losing. So the knockout rounds are all in. So we got, like I said, the Lakers versus the Suns, 
Kings versus the Pelicans for the West. Milwaukee Bucks versus the Knicks. And the Pacers versus the Celtics in the East. And that's going to go down on December 4th and December 5th. Then you can look forward to the semifinals December 7th. And then the championship on December 9th. And this is all going down in Las Vegas. So make sure you guys tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on the NBA. I just like to thank you each and every week for tuning in to this Blaze Podcast. You know, this podcast is an independent podcast. So all your support goes a long way. I just want to remind you, you know, throughout this holiday season, just to remain safe, just to make sure you guys are knowing your surroundings, making sure you guys know people these days are will do anything just to get up. So make sure you guys are locking your doors. Make sure you guys are just looking both ways, wherever you guys are going and knowing your surroundings. You know, it's, it's going to be a great holiday season, but make sure you guys keep it safe. Uh, make sure you guys are also supporting all your local businesses, supporting all your local artists, and all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off episode 249.